Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first few minutes of a private conversation between one of England's monarchs and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is June 1553. Edward VI is only a teenager and he is dying. The Duke of Northumberland has requested the services of a solicitor so that he can dictate a will. Don't sign anything. Come. Your Majesty, my name is Andrew Wise. I'm the solicitor you asked for. Can you come closer? I'm a little short-sighted. Ah yes, there you are. Can I sit? Speak up, I'm also a little deaf. Can I sit? (laughs) Yes, please, sit. Thank you. Thank you! I understand you want to write a will. (sighs) Yes. I know not how long I have. We must make haste. I haven't got time for a coffee then. Shall we begin? Ready when you are, Polly. I'll write it all down. I have three properties. Enfield, Hatfield and Tittenhanger. What was that last one? Tittenhanger. Where's that? St Albans. Oh, right. Learned something today. I have many staff. They will need to be given employment after my death. Like what? Keeper of the King's Bears. Keeper of the King's Mastiffs. Buckhounds, hawks, falcons, greyhounds. Have you ever thought of sitting up a safari park? The men that work on my tennis courts, bowling alleys and tilt yards, as well as all my sporting equipment. Artillery, quivers and strings, racks for crossbows, staves for backswords, fishing rods, longbows and crossbows, fencing swords... Steady on, this isn't the generation game. My eighteen trumpeters, eight minstrels, seven viol players, four sackbuts, harpist, bagpiper, drummer, rebeck player, and a partridge in a pear tree. Sorry. My music tutor, Philip Van Wilder, is owed money for ribbing and liming my loot cases. Also, ten pounds to Philip Hobie's loot player. Philip Obie's loot player? Yes. Not your loot player? No. All right. Not going to ask what that's about. My private writing desk over there. It's covered with black velvet, decorated with copper and gilt plates, and embossed with the letter E. You'll have to give that to someone whose name also starts with an E. Oh, your sister, Elizabeth. The contents of the desk itself. My brooches. Buttons, coins, metal tags, iron stamps, ink boxes, etc. I don't think she'll want bric-a-brac. What's this? That's my horoscope, cast by Cardano. It says here you're going to live a long life. Yes. Well, that can go in the fire, can't it? (laughs) Consider it gone. 
the documents in my desk. My chronicle and my letters. Your chronicle? My diary. I've kept it since I was nine or ten. That needs to be given to someone trustworthy, or it'll be on the bestseller list before you can say Christmas. I have some items of great value. I'm listening. My father gave me chains, rings, jewelled buttons, neck chains, breast pins, necklaces. They are dear to me, and I should like them to go to a good home. Of course. My cutlery set with precious stones. My napkins stitched with gold and silver. You'll recognise them from their covers. Enamelled, gold-clasped, with a cloth panelled with pearls, emeralds, diamonds and rubies. Holy moly! My famous Burgundian jewel known as the Three Brothers. The Three Brothers? It's a clasp for a cloak. Three big rubies, one great diamond and four large pearls. Wow! I bet that's worth a bit. My twenty-four prized skins, including one of sable, decorated with a head of gold. My cape of crimson, velvet and satin, embroidered with damask gold and silver, a border of pearls faced with crimson satin, and twenty-one diamonds set in gold buttons on the sleeves. Well, you couldn't wear that down the pub. My gold dagger hung from a rope of pearls, the sheath garnished with diamonds, rubies and emeralds, with a large speckled green stone in the hilt. Please tell me you keep all these things locked away in the tower, not laying around all over the place. Don't forget my Flemish tapestries that my father confiscated from Wolsey. I think I'm going to need more paper. I'm going to lie down. In my private study at Whitehall, my six instruments of astronomy. Ring sundials, astrolabes, compendiums and nocturnals. Can you spell some of that? My brass horary quadrant from Thomas Gemini, inscribed with Edwardus Rex. I thought that was a dinosaur. My lutes and virginals, globes and maps. What about books? Ah, now you have hit upon my passion. Reading? And literacy. Do you know how many schools are named after me? Most of them are grammar schools, but yeah, you do have a lot. Which reminds me. I want Sir Thomas Gresham to have an annuity of £100 a year. He has an idea to set up a college of higher education in London, the first of its kind. I have an immense library. Perhaps I should donate some books as well. All the essays I have written? It seems a shame to burn them. I'm not sure I've got time to go through every book and essay in your library. I have a lovely copy of Aesop's Fables somewhere. Oh, and a presentation copy of Diorregno Christi. Never heard of him. Is he Agatha's brother? I've got a lot of copies of the Bible printed in English. Do you have a copy of the Book of Common Prayer? Um, not on me, no. Send one of my copies to my sister Mary. She's probably burnt all the other ones I sent her. <laughs> have some water. Oh, thank you. Who's getting all this stuff then? My dear sister Elizabeth. She regularly makes me cambric shirts of her own working. I have kept them, and would like her to have them to remember me. Put a clause in about marriage, that'll really hot things up. I've asked the Royal Herald to advise Mary and Elizabeth that they will be bound to live in quiet order, that they should both receive an annuity of a thousand pounds. If they marry, according to council wishes, they will get a further ten thousand pounds each year. Blimey, even I'd consider getting married for that. It would be highly ironic if either of them did marry. Ironic. <coughs> the new wedding vows are part of my changes for the church. What new wedding vows? 
The old vows asked only the wife to promise to be bonner and buxom in bed and at board. The new vows require both partners to love, cherish and obey, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. Steady on. We'll be married at this rate. And Mary, what's she getting? In her company I take special content. Can you put something specific in for her? A do-it-yourself protest and burning kit. But now I am gone, attend no longer to foreign dances and merriments which do not become a most Christian princess, and send her a basket of artichokes. Is that some sort of coat? The artichokes? No, she likes them. Now, who's next? My most loving godfather, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cranmer. More dear to me than my eyes. I don't suppose he'll have need of anything. My tutor's Richard Cox, his deputy John Cheek. Roger Ashen, my calligraphy teacher. And Jean Belmont. Oh, and William Thomas, he introduced me to Machiavelli. The man who wrote a book called The Prince? Yes. It wasn't about you, was it? I don't think so. Oh, and my good friend Barnaby Fitzpatrick. Got it. And some of my favourite staff. My apothecary, Thomas Olsoff. The one that makes the ginger candy water? That's him. In fact, I probably still owe him for the last batch he did. Thomas Brown, my cap maker. He trims all my caps with feathers. Nice job if you can get it. Will Summers, my father's fool. George Ferris, the master of the king's pastimes and lord of misrule. <laughs> Are those real job titles? Oh, yes. They're important roles in my household. More important than cooks or cleaners? I know where your priorities are. Can we continue? Relax, we've got plenty of time. Well, we've got time. Would you like to put something in about your funeral? Something simple. My embalmed body will be placed in a sealed lead coffin before being taken to Whitehall by river. My coffin will lay on a chariot, covered with yards of black velvet, covered by a canopy of blue velvet, pulled by seven horses. On my coffin will lay an effigy of me with a gold crown. I want a procession of twelve singing children and Will Summers, my godfather Cranmer, and Barnaby Fitzpatrick. I want to be buried in Westminster Abbey, with the last rites performed by Cranmer. So when you say simple... <coughs> Okay, well, I think we're just about done. Oh, hang on. You're not expecting me to do the succession document as well, are you? Because I think that needs a constitution expert, especially if you've no children of your own. I have already prepared the device for my succession. Mary will be not... It isn't going to be Mary. Oh, well, then Elizabeth is going to be very... It's not Elizabeth either. Oh, who is it then? The male heir of Jane, Catherine, or Mary Grey. My cousins. Uh, oh no, I changed it. Lady Jane and her male heirs. Is this the same Lady Jane that recently married Lord Guildford Dudley? Yes. Lord Guildford Dudley, the son of the Duke of Northumberland, the head of your council? Yes, that's right. My councillors have all signed a bond that they will faithfully perform my will after death. Well, if everything's signed... Are you sure? I mean, there are five people next door. 
I could get them in to be witnesses and we could amend the device. Next door? Yes, Sir Thomas Roth and Sir Henry Sidney from your privy chamber. Don't bring Roth in here. I still owe him ten yards of black velvet from a tilting wager I lost. Which reminds me, cut something in about paying my gambling debts. And there's also your physicians, Dr Owen and Dr Wendy, and a groom called uh, Christopher Salmon. I'm not sure why he's there, though. Since an attack on my life, my security has been increased in my bedchamber. Security? There are always three men in the outer privy chamber, two men in the pallet, and five grooms of which one will watch the bedchamber. So Salmon the groom is your bodyguard? As you wish. Minus the horse, obviously. I feel faint. I think my time is coming. But you haven't signed this yet? Okay, I'll just uh, read this through. Edward VI, by the grace of God, King of England, France and Ireland, Defender of the Faith and of the Church of England, and also of Ireland, in the earth, the Supreme Head, to all our most loving, faithful and obedient servants, and to every one of them greeting, just hang on in there, keep breathing. Where earth pleased Almighty God on, whenever day, last passed in the time to be inserted, to call until his infinite mercy, the most excellent high and mighty prince, King Edward VI, of most noble and famous memory, our most dear and entirely beloved king, whose soul, God pardon, for as much now is heir, named to be inserted, is now invested and established in the crown imperial of this realm, and other realms, dominions and countries, with our regalities, preeminences, styles, names, titles and dignities, to the same belonging or in any wise appertaining. Oh God, you're going, aren't you? I'll just write it later. It'll be fine. Just sign here. Next time, it's Mary the First and the Family Therapist. Talk about daddy issues. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact-check what you've heard on this monarch, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 